welcome to Ultra Q, episode 7. Uh, my name is Red, I'm joined by Mel. My challenge from 2020 is embarrassing memories. Oh. <laughs> uh, and Razen. Hello. Uh, 2020, not a good year. Uh, my challenge from 2020 was making sense of uh, Gundam. That was what I did with... Well, I also did that in 2020. <laughs> Um, also trying to convince, uh, my job that, uh, they didn't need me in the office. That was, that was my 2020 See, challenge. For me, I worked in a restaurant, so I just worked in, in person and during all of COVID. <laughs> so. Yeah, not fun. Grim. I started working from home and then my company realized, oh, this, we just don't need you, uh, and then I got rescued by another place that treated me a lot better. So it all worked out in the end, but uh, not a good nice. time. Capitalism. <laughs> well, at least our challenge from 2020 isn't aliens that make us disappear. Uh, or just out of their head, but we'll talk uh, about it. Mm, we'll <laughs> get to that. I had completely Actually, before... forgotten. I had completely forgotten about that <laughs> I bit. <laughs> I, I feel like this podcast is revealing to me that I have a gift for latching on to things that most people would just, you know, uncomfortably kind of fade into the back of their memory, but I have a way of just shoving it to the forefront so that we all have to deal with it. Yeah, thank you. You did Platinum Babylon's full. That's true. Uh, speaking of shoving things in front of people's faces, I have sh uh, a show and tell. I'm going to turn on my webcam for a second. Okay. Uh, hang on. Okay. 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 We're going to have to describe this. Oh my god, that's a fuck? fucking Canagon. <laughs> yeah, I bought a little Canagon. Holy like shit. less than $10 on Amazon. Oh, nice. Wow. That's sick. <laughs> also, I do yeah. I do like your... Is that my desk now? I do like your KOF posters. Thank you. <laughs> this was supposed to be like my big boy respectable home office, and then I was like, what if I bought an arcade one up and a bunch of the thing, the thing is, <laughs> posters if, the and thing, flyers and framed them? <laughs> the thing is, if I had a respectable home office, I would just put it with pre-cure posters everywhere. There you go. Uh, I just I go just... to the kitchen if I need to do like a, a formal call and not look like a gremlin fighting game fan. <laughs> nice. Um, well, show and, show and tell has begun. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have Mothra to show and tell because the subtitles were fucking stupid. Uh, I, were... I just dealt with it. Oh, I, I, I think I time, feel like when but... I did it, I used like MPV's like sub delay to try and make it work, but it does take like some trial and error just to get it. I mean, I was like, I, I was having an issue where I was using like, I was like, delay, I, I delayed the subs and then I realized that wasn't the only problem the other problem was that they were fucking all over the place sometimes it was just you know a line would show up for the shortest amount of time in the world or would yeah know, yeah the problem it is was, with uh, delay based subs we should go to rollback based subs <laughs> so the problem is that the delay was not consistent because I, I tried to yeah. like fiddle with it too and it, it just like I kept having to open it, and I was at at some point I was just like, I'm just going to deal with this. Uh, that being said, Mothra, good movie. It is a good movie. Nice. 
uh, there's some weird stuff going on with um, indigenous people in that, that movie. That is also true in a bunch yeah. of early Godzilla movies. Yeah. I was like, I, um, I do like these movies. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, like, and it, it sucks because the, the entire premise of that movie is that there's an evil man from fake America, uh, which I do not understand why they didn't just call it America. Uh, there's a point where uh, Mothra attacks New Dirk City. Uh, <laughs> I, do rem- I do remember that. It's, it's just New York. Um, but it's this evil, uh, fake American businessman who is basically, uh, finds these two, like, tiny girls on this island, uh, who are, like, priestesses for Mothra and, uh, the indigenous people there, and is like, oh, what if I, I decided to have a people zoo, uh, and everyone else in the movie goes, that's fucked up, uh, and Mothra, you know, uh, is like, that's also fucked up, and goes to save them. And uh, it's very clear that nobody in this movie likes this man or his exploitation of them. Uh, not great. But also the movie just cannot help but give these priestesses, like, these magical, like, telepathy powers. And, I mean, the fact that they're also literally, like, tiny, like, action figure sized. Everyone calls them dolls. Uh, a lot of weird mysticism stuff going on. Oh, yeah, the one right with me. Yes, yes, actually. <laughs> I was thinking about the one project a lot watching Mothra. Wait, did you also um, just watch Mothra, or...? Yeah, I watched it this morning. Oh, okay. So I guess we're having our Mothra segment anyway. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, um, yeah, yeah, my 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 failure to commit to the subs, not limiting Mothra. It's, uh... Yeah, sorry if I spoiled the movie for you. I didn't even think. No, no, no. I already, I already, <laughs> I already knew about the knew about the two kids anyway. So uh, it, I'm, it is I'm good. Japan's prop- propensity to just do fake countries is pretty funny, especially when it's like, why, why not just use the real one? Um, there's one bit that I kind of don't want to spoil, but I, so, mm, the way that the, the way that the, uh, antagonist goes out in that movie, they do a really interesting cutback to an earlier part of the movie, uh, that tells you everything you need to know about how this person views humanity, um, and it's kind of wonderful, and I honestly wasn't really expecting it, uh, but I was like, oh, wow, that's great, um, Overall, I like Mothra a lot. I don't. I think Rodan's still my number one. Um, but I had a good time. Someone should go in and fix those subs, though. It's kind of wild to me that no one's done that already. Yeah, yeah. Um, I might just deal with it. <laughs> is what I is what I might might try to do. Um, but yeah, I, it's nice to know that Mothra was good. Uh, I have not done much this week uh but i did watch i did finish an anime uh let me i just want to hop in here and say that this would have been the week that i also finished that anime however you may continue <laughs> I, I finished it first and reported and uh mel decided no nah, you know what i'm good no nah, no nah, fuck that shit i'm bailing <laughs> uh we finished none well i finished none of her strikers uh it's a bad anime it's a really bad anime hello it's red from the future again uh i didn't plan on visiting two episodes in a row but i'm about to get so caught up in how bad nanoha strikers is uh that i basically spoil the whole thing including some bits and pieces of the original nanoha and nanoha a's uh i figured as nanoha is kind of a big deal i should probably give you fair warning uh if you want to avoid those spoilers skip to about 22 minutes and 30 seconds um so there is like Nanaha 
uh, a magical girl franchise uh, spin-off ostensibly. from uh, ostensibly <laughs> uh, spin-off from uh, visual novels which aren't anything to do with magical girls uh, the first two series Nanoha is a magical girl uh, she is the main character uh, the other main character is fate there is a cast of characters to support them so from memory let's see who are the characters in nanoha strikers there's nanoha there's fate there's hayate there's vita there's signum there's uh zafira there's the other belkan knight uh that begins with an m uh i can't remember her name oh yeah uh, i love the guys from a's I do love the guys from Ace. Uh, it's great to um, see more of them in this uh, starring role, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just yeah. Uh, there's um, uh, there's Subaru and and Tiana who are supposed to be kind of the main, the new main girls in the show. They're not. Um, also like there's Shinaska. Also, yes, like Shinaska. There's Ario, there's Caro, who are like Fates psychopaths enforcer children um who are too powerful to be allowed to live free but um she's like i'll come be cops and my kids and uh everything will be fine it's a little fucked up uh then there's the support staff for rifle six who are all fucking named they're all in the little where are they now at the end of the show where it's like like Shario is in the like gets a little postscript thing like her name listed with you know what no what rank she is now what 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 where she is who's who she's with and it's like who the fuck is Shario get out of here <laughs> not these aren't characters uh there's um one of them is a character though there's the uh the helicopter pilot Vice who shot who has the diehard uh um shot a kid plot um who shot a hostage uh who turns out to be his sister who is fine but wears an eye patch but then halfway through the scene takes off the eye patch and is like actually my eye's been fine the whole time it's terrible i i Um, I remember i see that scene and i was like well her eye is visibly not okay in this scene but okay whatever you do you it's it's bad um then there's the green hair guy infinite dog man uh which is a uh the new manga from tatsuki fujimoto the chainsaw man author um then there's uh there's kareem who is the prophet there's chrono chrono's in this show technically um you know is it from there's... chrono trigger no not from chrono trigger <laughs> you, know, you know sometimes in this show Yes, Chrono and Yuno of previous Nanoha series, sometimes in this show. Um, Chrono's cool. I wish Chrono was in this show more because he is the ultimate anime cop. Uh, he His bit in the first two Nanoha shows is that he is the ultimate anime cop. He is so much of a cop and he's also 10 years old. <laughs> um, then there is the there's a combat nun who turns up at some point in the show completely unannounced is like who are you are you, she's she's important though she gets one of the fights against the organization 13 harem of indistinguishable oh. pregnant cyborgs i'll get to them <laughs> um, i just the, i just 
Yeah, just go. Yeah. Go on. I'm just gonna share. Like, there was one one of the last episodes I watched had this eye catch of all of the entire cyborg girls. I'm just sharing this in the chat right now, and I'm just like, I just felt so angry seeing this eye catch. As I suppose, it's to so bad. I'm just like, what? Like, Razin, you see this, right? Yes. Terrible. Uh, um, the um, uh, the fucking. Regius, who is a poli- who is a politician on the planet of mid, which is appropriate. <laughs> um, his lieutenant, she's named, she's important. Um, the three brains in jars, who are also disembodied Sele voices, sometimes. Uh, so, so I I need to ask because I at some point I stopped caring and paying attention while I was watching the episodes. Like, were the brains in there for more than one episode? Because <laughs> like I only remember them from the very last episode they were in because they were just died randomly to a character who I didn't recognize. So I was just like, is this important? <laughs> Did I miss something? I don't think you missed anything. I think they might have just been revealed to be brains in jars in the very same episode where they get betrayed by a character who is. Re- it's done like it's a reveal of who the character. Of like, oh, this character was a traitor the whole time. It's like this character showed up literally thirty seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, that's why. <what> <laughs> Shut up. That's literally why. <laughs> um, yes, that that character that shows up is one of the Organization Thirteen harem of indistinguishable pregnant cyborgs. Um, I, I wonder how many times I'm going to say that. Uh, the then we get to Jail Scaglietti, uh, who is the man who made the his personal organization 13 harem of indistinguishable pregnant cyborgs they're all named they all have different powers and characters and and and, uh uh slightly different personalities um they it's the worst it's the worst they are all like paired off with like slightly different characters to have fights and it's just it sucks. It's not good. There are too many characters in the show. Uh, they keep getting introduced. There's a new, there are like new characters introduced within like the last like six <coughs> episodes of the show. And it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Please stop. Yeah. What, what's the episode count total? It's 20, 26. 26. Which is double the okay. amount this, of the previous. This seems season. like, this seems like pushing it even for 26. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like episode, like the previous seasons were like 13 episodes each. Uh, and they took place in Nanoha's world, and they were ta- there was like talks, like there was lore about a multiverse kind of situation, like dimensional police thing. Uh, but now the show's about the dimensional police. Now you are now they are in the and they're on another world, which, and just like Nanoha and Fate are just living here. Uh, they share a bedroom, which is nice, but also it's just like, what are we doing? Here? They're they're just all in the what world. Is, of we're, we're supposed to care about the politics of this world that you know, I guess. It doesn't, it's, and like, it's bad. Uh, the thing that, like, in the second half that almost made me go, okay, maybe this is okay, is, like, Nenaha and Fate get an adopted daughter. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm kind of liking this, and then uh, I guess Red can take it from here. Oh, yeah. I somehow forgot Vivio, the one, of, one of the main characters of the show, who uh, Nenaha's child. Um, so, one of the things that happens, the thing that we referenced like a couple of weeks ago where we were like, I'm not sure about Nanaha Strikers, was halfway through the show, there's this arc, there's this like couple of episodes where Nanaha and a bunch of the people in charge of training the new, the new kids are like really violent with them. Um, like 
Nanaha shoots one of them out of the sky and then she gets punched in the face the next episode for asking, like, what if, what did I do wrong? Like, full bright Noah. Um, and it's just revealed as well, wow, well, Nanaha just thinks you're just too desperate for power and stuff. And it's, it's, it's all like a lesson from that she learned in her past. And it's like, it's all this stuff that's just like, I, I think someone should have told Tiana what, what the problem was. Um, instead of hitting her in the face, uh, but it's, um, it, that's not how the show views it. And then Nanaha gets a kid and so fate is like, fate's backstory is super fucked up. So she's, she cares about kids. She cares. She's like, I, I'm the motherly one. Now, if you lack imagination, that means that Nanaha has to be dad um <laughs> the writers the writers as you may feel have no imagination <laughs> yes um and her being dad no it, this could be fine this could be fine because this dynamic works in other shows like symphogear kind of does this where it's like the plot of season one of symphogear is that hibiki is not just uh a uh a, like a magical girl with some yuri vibes she's a wife guy She's she's like married she's like married to this girl basically and the plot is about her getting a new stressful job that she has to keep a secret from her wife and then her wife is like trying to fill in the gaps about well why what well, why isn't why isn't Hibiki spending all this time all that time with me at home anymore and starts to think like oh is she cheating on me or that kind of th- it's it's all like it's like. Hibiki learns how to be a... She has a montage where she learns how to be a himbo. It's great. Uh, Gear, a good show. Symphogear, um, the good spiritual successor to Nanaha Ace, unlike Strikers. Yes. <laughs> um, and in Strikers, because it's all done in, like... It's done in parental ways instead, where it's like, well, you know, fate is caring, and she's you know, she's able to, like... Uh, give the kid the, like, freedom and stuff, and... But then it's Nanaha is she's dad, which means that she's able to teach the kids the hard lessons that uh, that mum isn't able to, uh, which, you know, of course means the conclusion of this arc is she Vivio is kidnapped by the bad guys and is transformed and is has to be saved uh and saving her involves shooting her with the most powerful blast of magic that nanaha has ever used in her life um and because of what the rest of the show is like with like the the tiana stuff um and then her having to be like being like strict with vivio where uh whereas fate is like like oh fate spoils her and because of that it just comes across as, oh, well, Nanaha just has to hit her kid and everything will be fine. <laughs> I can't believe, I can't believe Kingdom Hearts 4 is going to have Donald Duck using Zeta Flair on Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think Nanaha Strikers is very good. Um, I think so it's that's pretty... what the Strikers in the title means, their parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that's what it means. She's like, she's like, a she gets like a bad dad arc, like a classic bad dad arc, where she is like, well, I'm not a good parent. I'm, I'm so... She's right. 
I, <laughs> she's right. Uh, <laughs> she's, she says, oh, well, I'm just, I'm so attached to my job. I'm, she says, I'm a girl of the sky because she's a flying mage. She's just too Top Gun maverick to be a parent. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Vivio gets kidnapped and it's like, oh, well, classic. Now I get to redeem myself as a parent by doing a mission. Um, it sucks. <laughs> it's the worst. Um, and yeah, then meanwhile, Jail Scaglietti and his uh, Organization 13 harem of indistinguishable pregnant cyborgs. Oh, by the way, I forgot, Subaru's sister is in this show. She becomes one of those cyborgs because she was already a cyborg. So this is a gro- this is maybe a gross question to ask. Is Ginga pregnant at the end of the show? The show doesn't doesn't elaborate on what what they do with the jail Scaglietti clones that are in doesn't, doesn't get into it I, I you know what if i was writing nanoha strikers i wouldn't have done this bit i wouldn't have done the bit where jail Scaglietti had like impregnated cyborgs with clones of himself i wouldn't have done that <laughs> yeah i i think is unhinged uh, um, it, it, it is, however, with a heavy heart that I must say that this week's episode title must be Indistinguishable Pregnant Cyborgs. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> I have unfortunately said it too much. You have, unfortunately. It's the, it's the quickest way to explain who they all are. Um, I just checked it's not singable to the TMNT theme song. Oh, rip. Damn. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was Nana Strikers. Um, I'm sorry if I spoiled Nana Strikers for anyone. Uh, don't watch it. Yeah, I... Uh, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna watch Vivid because I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will see about Vivid when you see about it. Uh, because I'm like, I dropped that shit as a rock as soon as you told me what happened because I was like, I don't care about this, so I don't care if I'm spoiled. And then I read it and I was like, I am not going to spend four days watching the rest of this no i'm out i don't want to i don't want this to be the build-up i'm watching too so i just drop it like a rock uh I'll, i'm down to watch the movies because that seems to be more the two new movies they made they seem to be falling more from the a's stuff mm-hmm. so maybe it's actually like the stuff i actually like about nanaha and not whatever the fuck they're doing with pan-dimensional cop show shit that is barely yeah. a magical girl show anymore it's 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 so weird that they had 26 episodes and didn't manage to get a single good villain out of the show. When they wrote Nanaha Ace, which has the Belkin Knights, yeah. which, first of all, very, very funny name uh, for antagonists, uh, given the Belkin Knight, like, Belka, and a history of, like, Belkin Knights is, like, ace combat lore. <laughs> uh, Striker, Striker is trying to be Top Gun ace combat, and it sucks, actually. Oh, uh, it's... That's funny, but um, the the Balkan the Balkan Knights are great. Uh, Signum, Vita, and the rest of them uh, are just cool. Uh, high the the whole Hayate stuff in Nanaha Ace is fun. It's unfortunate that every single character from Ace gets like character assassinated in Strikers. Yeah, yeah. If Hayate had just lived a, a happy life, a normal happy life without being a cop, I'd have been like, yeah, that's. The, of course, that's exactly what would have happened. Stupid. Anyway, uh, I'm not talking about Nana Strikers anymore. <laughs> Good written. Disappointment. 
I need all of it. We're, we're making this a weekly occurrence now. We need everyone to come to vent about whatever frustrating uh, bad bullshit they're going through uh, every week now. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. That, I'm sure... I don't actually think I have anything in the chamber that I think will give me that level of reaction again. Mal, what's up to you? Uh, okay, so I actually didn't do much this week, which is probably a good cosmic balancing of the force, considering the past two weeks I sure did take up a lot of time with my stuff. Uh, I'll just give, I guess, a minor Three Kingdoms update, because I forgot to do that last week. Uh, damn, a lot of stuff happened in the time which I read, including one of the most famous characters of the books just beefing it one-fifth of the way through. <laughs> uh, yeah! Uh, this whole arc about, like, Cao Cao trying to recruit Guan Yu and just the sheer gymnastics and crazy shit and then Guan Yu just, like, going through a bunch of checkpoints to get back to Lu Bei and just kill a bunch of guys. Like, come on, just let me get the fuck through. Come on. Uh, Guan Yu's solo adventures are great. Yeah. Uh, very iconic scene where Cao Cao and just regales to Lu Bei who the three heroes of the age are himself, Lubu, and John Wolong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wolong Wo fulfilling a classic, a classic um, uh, Three Kingdoms era habit of adding OCs to it. Uh, this tradition goes back to the romance of the Three Kingdoms. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is extremely funny just how much... There's just like a bunch of characters in romance who are like yeah this person uh is not real <laughs> like uh dao chan or uh the guy who feeds lube his wife that was something i also missed from last week that wait, was the wait was the guy the guy the guy who feeds lube his wife isn't real yes <laughs> why is it in the book then <laughs> what the fuck it's, it's supposed to, it's supposed to be like about uh loyalty to the empire and giving up for Damn. the cause or something like that which is why lupe a... lupe sheds a tear and it's like oh man he gave up so much to support me and then he tells that house of this is like oh man he's so dedicated to the cause i'm gonna send him gold for feeding his wife to lupe that's a hell of an oc uh sometimes you need to make up a guy to prove a point uh, yeah uh one guy eats his eye that did happen I'm not telling oh, yeah. these things in chronological <laughs> order. Of the, the, I'm just like, there's just so much shit in this book. Uh, yeah. You you have yet to hit the most metal thing that I've ever read. I still haven't um, fucking got to Kalman yet. He's he feels so far away. He's you know, he'll he'll show up. Is there like a specific version of this that y'all are reading? Because I again would like to hop on this at some uh, point. Oh yeah, it's the Moss sure. the Moss Roberts uh, the Moss Roberts unabridged translation. Okay. Uh, yeah, I believe Mel is who you want to talk to if you get that. I took I took a very stupid route. Uh, you bought it physically. Um, I bought which, it physically. Uh, I did not do either the I sp I, either the the buying I, or the physical. <laughs> I, yeah, I had the I I had the cash. I was like, I'm, I'm I want to own this for all time. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. It was maybe a silly decision, but. Sometimes owning things is nice. Yeah. I, I have way too... I'm looking at my shelf right now of way too many Blu-rays and DVDs for random bullshit. I don't know why I have the Zone of the Enders TV show. I don't need this, but, you know. Is it good? Yes. I haven't seen it since I was, like, 19. Oh, so, so yes. <laughs> sure, yeah. It's a, I remember, yeah, unlike, other, 
unlike other mech shows, this one's about a sad oh. trucker man. So you know that's kind of fun, but oh, nice. it, it, it extre- extremely tracks that the Kojima game anime would be about a trucker doing trucking. <laughs> he, he was always interested in this. Yeah. Uh, I I got one last thing actually this week. Hit me. Uh, I spent this weekend cruising around and drinking in a big city with uh, cool and cute ladies with uh, well-developed personalities and, and life stories uh, unrelated to the, or in, a, in a world run by boomers. Um, unrelated to that, I also watched Bubblegum Crisis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of these does not uh, have characters with defined personality. Yeah, I think I'm kind of where i was at last time we checked in on bubblegum crisis i feel like that exists in my brain in like that ps1 fmv appreciation zone where it's like (laughs) nice i uh i enjoy looking at this when the when the action is happening uh that's about it those characters are nothing um i still have the problem that i talked about last time where one thing it, it took me a while and i'm sure even if i went back to it again it would take me some time to be able to distinguish who is doing what because those suits are not distinct enough yeah. uh, and it bothers me yeah i are they not oh yeah you were talking about how they're not they're not just like bright sentai color themed or anything i mean they are color themed no. but some like there's two technically blue suits so that's a problem like one is blue and one's like yeah. white and blue but like yeah there's not much to distinguish them um yeah, episode eight of that show is pretty all right and fun, but uh, Emin Jackson did a whole podcast about it where I feel like they they echoed a lot of what we had said. They sure did. Uh, and, I now uh, have it on like... good authority that no, uh, just because Crisis fans don't like Bubblegum Crash doesn't mean Crash is actually good. <laughs> yeah, oh, you are, I, I feel like anything I would have more to say. I think they basically already covered, so I'm just going to say go listen to that, because uh, uh, I think I line up with them pretty well. <laughs> you are right. I would go so far as to say that depending on the lighting of the scene, I would say three of these suits look yes. too similar. <laughs> that, that that was my issue. Um, I'm not sure if it gets fixed in the show like 2049 or whatever, but also I don't know if I care enough about Bubblegum Crisis to go watch that. Yeah. I might still go in and check out the other stuff just because I never have, and it's like, eh, I can say I did it, but um, that's not... The world is so derivative and just kind of, like, one of those that it's not like I'm itching to dig mm-hmm. deeper into what it has to offer, you know? Really, my big... Uh, Bubblegum Crisis is a vibe, it is not a story, is kind of uh, how I feel about it at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, my biggest takeaway is that I should probably just get to Dirty Pair already. Dirty Pair is good. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Do we have anything else, or or shall we get into Ultra Q? No, we still apparently have like an hour, half an hour more to do, just based on prices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. enjoying uh, looking at the anchor page. How our podcast is following the good podcast uh, marker of every episode being absurdly more long than the last. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I am. Uh, my brain goes the opposite way. I am. I feel nothing. The moment, the mo- the moment I looked at the the uh the thing is it was over two hours. I was like, oh no, I I'm so sorry. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite 
is that after we were done recording, I went, wow, two hours and read you so confidently. We're like, I'm pretty sure when we edit that now, that's not going to be two hours. And I was like, I was very wrong. Mm. <laughs> There's definitely part of me that's like, damn, am I just saying too much? That's like making this last longer. No, no, it was, it was fine. I think we're fine. Uh, yeah. I we, mean, listen, we, we, we have to, offer timestamps. To... People who do not care have the option to just skip to the part where we talk I, about the the fun show. i was i was just true. like looking at the episode and putting the timestamps like what do you mean we get to the first episode of ultra q one hour in <laughs> <laughs> we had we had to get into sentai we we did well, yeah, have to there, talk i about wasn't sentai, not going to talk about Don brothers I, uh we we learned that sentai has is the one that has been going yes. forever oh the, actually my friend group so I, I said while we had that discussion, my, my friend Julian literally as we were talking was like, oh, hey, I started checking out Don Brothers. Uh, I joined the call later that night and they were watching Don Brothers. Uh, they are 10 episodes in. I need to catch up so I can watch it along yes. with them. But, uh, yes. I will I will be hopping on that train as soon as yeah. I can. I just need to catch up with my friends. First episode of the new show aired yesterday and that the subs haven't dropped yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Like, rationally, I know that that's how this works, where they just follow up with the, the next thing, like, gets going, but oh my god, it just, <laughs> we, we talked about this last week, we can't do it again, yeah. but I, I just cannot understand working as a creative under these conditions, it just blows my mind that this is how the system works. I mean, yeah, there's also, there's a reason also why Sentai has had, like, ups and downs, is because, like, dang, you keep going for a while, and then you need to, like, give a shot and chill. Yard. Yeah, or or do what Ultra and Camera do, yeah. and just like take a few years off. Mm-hmm. But they're they're gonna try their hardest never to do that. They got that unbroken streak. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm gonna get into Ultra Q. Yes. So, episode nineteen, uh, as was alluded to earlier, is called Challenge from the Year 2020. Uh, Major Amano of the uh, JSDF. Uh, orders the launch of fighters to investigate a strange radar reading. But when they approach, the fighters disappear. All over the country, people are vanishing into thin air after coming into contact with a strange goop. Um, I'm sorry, I called it goop. Uh, and Yuriko manages to photograph one of them at the moment of their disappearance. Uh, Amano I... and Yuriko... Mm-hmm. Uh, I just... I just think this montage of people disappearing is really funny because you just get this funny scene of just this guy sta- sitting very like just man spreading on his on his like balcony just like drinking milk. I just like who drinks milk like this? What what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> he is just drinking. I did think is that milk? What it's not just doing? not just how he's drinking milk, but just like the entire mannerism and his pose while doing yes. it. I'm just like, what's going on here? On a balcony, you know. It, it was very funny that the person who saw him disappear did just stand in front of him, watch him do it, and was kind of like, huh, alright. <laughs> um, Yuriko manages to photograph one of them at the moment of their disappearance. Amano and Yuriko both seek help from Jun. Uh, Ipe thinks that their stories sound an awful lot like the sci-fi novel, Challenge from the Year 2020, uh, but Yuriko does not appreciate Ipe comparing her story to fiction. Um... Jun's skeptical, but he agrees to fly Amano to the location where his fighters disappeared. And once there, they find nothing of note. And Amano starts to doubt himself. But at that moment, a strange liquid creeps up the back of Jun's seat, touches him, and Jun disappears. And Amano has to take the wheel. Uh, 
With Jun gone, Yuriko and Amano set to cracking this mystery, uh, while Ipe keeps going on about the novel. Uh, Yuriko takes a look at the developed film uh, of the photos she took earlier, and an attack meant for her is intercepted by her assistant photographer, who vanishes. Uh, Yuriko is assigned a police escort, uh, Inspector Udagawa. Uh, she takes one look at Udagawa and decides he's a useless, bumbling old man, uh, but he gets a chance to prove himself later that night, as Yuriko is almost ambushed in a phone booth by the strange liquid, and Udagara, Udagawa rescues her and burns away the liquid with his cigarette. Uh, they're weak to fire, just like in the book Challenge from the Year 2020. Uh, relieved, Udagawa and Yuriko watch in horror as a humanoid alien lurking in the shadows runs away. I don't know why it runs like that, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah! I love it so it's, much. It's quite the run. <laughs> it's great. Um... Udagawa tells Yuriko that he knows the author of Challenge from the year 2020, Dr. Kanda, uh, who wove strange prophetic truth into his fiction. Uh, in the book, the Kemur are an alien people who have surpassed all limitations except the deterioration of the body. Uh, that's why they are stealing human bodies as vessels. The two track a Kemur to a small amusement park where they see Jun, Except the vibes are all the way off. It isn't Jun at all. It's a camera in disguise. Uh, Udagawa and the police gun it down as it tries to climb up a Ferris wheel or something. Um, it grows to kaiju size. Super Sentai and fucks up nothing. the Ferris wheel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just immediately a whole genre getting, invest getting invented. Um, meanwhile, Ipe and Amano have been on their own adventure. Uh, they went to Dr. Kanda's place. The doctor wasn't in. Uh, but they did find the little thing, the thing that kills the camera. They find it. Uh, it's in a little little envelope or something. Uh, they put it on Tokyo Tower and they broadcast it and it kills the camera. There's like lightning bolts coming off the top of Tokyo Tower towards the amusement park. Um, mist settles over the spinning teacups and when it clears, all the vanished people have been returned. Uh, Yuriko goes to greet Jun but in the last moment, flees in fear. Um, and Jun laughs, finds it funny. Udagawa sees a puddle and is like, well, yeah, every job's done. Sees the puddle and is like, nah, it couldn't be. And jumps in it and then vanishes. The end. Rip, Udagawa. Rip. Fucking, the real fucking one. idiot. Uh, I have some actor trivia stuff. Go ahead. Ooh, nice. So, Major Amano, I immediately recognized because I went, oh shit, that's Mr. Tachibana from Kamen Rider. Uh, it yes. is indeed oh, Akiji Kobayashi. Um, so, to see he and Jun just hanging out in an uh, airplane together, I was like, these are just the two greatest like tokusatsu men just like flying together, having now a good time. Now we just need to get <laughs> Yes. Um, so, I was really happy to see him here. Um, oh, also, too, this is going back to what we were talking about earlier. Uh, there is, like, one shot of Jun as, or, uh, Jun's actor, um, which I believe is, is it Kenji Sahara is his name, uh, I want to say. Uh, let me just uh, double. Yes, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. um, in Mothra as a helicopter pilot, and in my head canon, I'm like, that's just Jun. Nice. I, I watched deep enough into Mothra to see that. That was, like, yes. within, like, the first <laughs> five minutes or something. I was like, oh, it's Jun. <laughs> Yeah. His, sub his subtitles are really off time. <laughs> I really <laughs> thought stuff. he would be like a character and that he's not. He just shows up to 
fly around and, and leaves. But um, he's so, he's, yeah. he's busy searching for Pagula. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I I enjoy that I am now at the point where I am I have seen enough Tokusatsu of this era to recognize the crossover and like acting talent and just be like, oh shit, it's him. You know, uh, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, this is like a minor scene. That I don't know if I interpreted right, but I did like like after Ipe and Amano got the MacGuffin device and are driving to Tokyo Tower. They were like, "Dang, it'd be helpful if we had the police help us." And then Amano just like starts speeding to get the cops' attention. <laughs> and I was like, "That's pretty good." Yes, I, I think that is what happens. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Um, yeah. Um, uh, Ipe makes a new friend this episode. Um. Because everyone else ignore everyone else does not take him seriously. He's like, no, no, seriously, it is exactly like this fucking book I read. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, get out of here. Um, uh, people need to uh, put a little more faith in Ipe. Uh, true, he is he, he's he actually through. competent. He's just also a goofball. Yeah, yeah. Um, the design of the aliens. Uh, the weird thing. With all the goop coming out the top, uh, weird. Yeah, I like it a lot. <laughs> we got it's uh, they're they're funny looking. Uh, the um, the design of the heads with like it kind of looks like it's all cracked and gnarly. Um, it's a, uh, it's kind of cool. Wow, there's... the. The the reveal shot where the the cop just turns the corner and it's like yes clinging to like a chain link fence kind of crucified looking and then immediately bolts as soon as it realizes it's been discovered it it's so unsettling um, yeah that is I should really say cool. I, I uh I watched this with a couple of friends because I was like hey I've been watching this thing I mean they they know about the podcast but I was like I think y'all would have a good time you know, just watch this mm-hmm. along with me. So, um, shout-outs to Shout Factory for just fucking having it on their website. Um, I just uh, streamed it to them, and I was bewildered by how fast they immediately understood all three of our main heroes' personalities, <laughs> and, in like, immediately were like, oh, Ipe's great, or, like, oh, Jude's a bad, like, immediately watching this episode, they, they got the show. Yeah. Uh, and... I was very, uh, very happy about that. I ended up showing them, uh, I mean, they watched the the next two with me as well, but then I, I went through and I, I showed them the all-timers, including uh, uh, Kanagan's nice. Cocoon and Dragon Palace and all that. But Hell yeah. I, I think this is a very strong episode of the show, and it. I think I need to sit with it more. This might be my new number one. Uh, it's it's really good. Yeah, I'm not sure. When, whenever they need to, whenever they need to execute a creepy vibe, they get it just right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's my new number one, but I do like this episode a lot. It's very cool. Uh, the Kemmer's like run is goofy and weird, but also there is like a otherworldliness that adds the unsettling factor, especially when you have like the thing it keeps doing. Yes, mm-hmm. I love the noise. It's so good. Um, yeah, the, the thing that I'm struggling with is uh, I just like Garaman and uh, all the telekinetic shit from uh, Garaman <laughs> Returns so much. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, those two are tied right now for number one for me. And uh, I don't know, this is this was just a really, a really good, uh, like, terrifying episode. And I feel like part of the reason it works is because the goo gives them this great device where our 
our main characters who normally were like, oh, they're going to be fine or they'll get out of the situation. Uh, they when when they're in the plane, no, they're not fine. When, when they're in the plane and uh, that goo is creeping up on them, I was like, oh, Mr. Tachiban is going to disappear. And then when June disappears, I was like, oh, this changes everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 so good. Uh, yeah, it is. Inter- it's yeah. interesting to see like Jin like actually taking a commission for like eighty percent of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is an the... Epe story. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's mostly a Yuriko <laughs> story, but uh... Uh, the moment when it uh, the goo attacks in the telephone booth uh, in particular, I was uh, I was like, uh, damn, this show's just well made. Yeah. Uh, the cut back to just the the dangling phone but but then because we've had june has disappeared we're like damn it got yuriko uh but it didn't get yuriko and then it, yuriko also disappeared later but yeah. also not from the goo question mark uh yuriko disappeared later well well it's like did, did i miss something there was like the you know the uragawa is like talking to her on the steps and he turns around and she's not there and then yuriko like wakes up in the middle of the theme park unconscious and then she's yeah. oh right yes she that got one... good she got good faster than the speed of light yeah <laughs> there was there was yes. a mishap in like delivering her and they just dropped her off at the theme park too early yeah listen sometimes you just need to swing by a creepy theme park i think that also uh so again i'm actually happy i showed my friends the the uh like some of the older episodes because I think that's the same theme park from the Dragon Palace episode. Because that also had, like, the teacup uh, ride. I mean, it makes sense. Like, why book a, a place more than... Why book two different places when you can just book the same place? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you you got the place... You know, you know that you can talk out a deal to, you know, book a place or whatever. Yeah, so that's, just so just that's like, just like how Toei has been booking the same courty yeah. for over 60 years. <laughs> Uh, so this is uh, this is the same place where we had the the Benny Hill chase. Nice, I believe so. I I could be mistaken, but that teacup ride looks exactly the same. Uh, so. I'm just I'm just gonna assume you're right until someone corrects me. Um, yes. Uh, Send in your emails. Yeah the um the whole the one Japanese theme park teacup ride aficionado will be listening to this podcast. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Uh, luckily, there is only one teacup ride in all of Japan. It's right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, the whole book, the whole so the whole Doctor Kanda thing, um, is uh, on the one hand, it's ba- it's it's barely in the show. On the, on the other hand, um, Ipe is con- is is just constantly just like, bro, seriously, this is this is just like the bu- the book, <laughs> please. <laughs> someone pay attention to me um it's uh it's it's cool i so the thing the question i had was was it that did udagawa like arrest him arrest dr kanda at some point i think you said that that like because uh if you tell someone no seriously i was telepathically communicated to by aliens uh they probably Mm -hmm. do not think you're saying he was just like yeah i just sent him to an institution and then i feel bad about it because he was right (laughs) yeah he's my best friend and i turned him in uh udagawa classic type of guy um, a cop which is yeah cop, cop <laughs> old 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 cop uh who is more competent than he seems bumbling yeah he, he's the opposite of the uh guy from the uh sos mount fuji episode oh yeah 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 this guy could have gotten out of the cave with whatever he had in his pockets yes 
yeah, he could have. And uh, the whatever his name was wouldn't have to do chat of the Colossus shit. <laughs> that feels like an eternity ago. I I, I forgot which kaiju was in that episode. I'm not going to lie. It was the rock boulder right, flop. Okay, right. It didn't look good. It, it was one of the more forgettable. I think it was called Pegos. Wait, no, it was that Pegos last no, week. That's... That was last week. Yeah. Never mind. I don't remember was... what that one was even called. <laughs> I could I could check, but I'm not gonna bother. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think yeah. I think we're good. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh I, I like the ending. I liked Udagawa vanishing. Yeah. Uh, was, in the puddle. It was a lot of fun. It was funny. Um The um we're gonna got some more fun Ipe stuff coming out. Yeah. I will um, say this like our second time having alien invasion plot uh wonder if this will become a recurring thing in the franchise question, <laughs> question, question. there is there there are a lot of alien invasion <laughs> invasions happening uh i um, do appreciate wig the that we have like alien kaiju but also just well not even kaiju well i guess kind of kaiju in this episode doing the super sentai growing thing but uh we got aliens and then we also got just like Guys who are just here on Earth already, and I think it's just good to go between yeah. them. Yeah, the um one of the one of the things it's it's funny that this this is you know this episode uh kind of sort of gets halfway to inventing Super Sentai. Um, the one of our episodes today gets kind of sort of halfway to inventing Ultraman. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Unless we have uh, more on episode 19, shall I get into episode 20? Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I really hope that whenever this won't happen, because I, I, I don't know this, but I feel like outside of the monsters, it seems like Ultra Q somewhat has been forgotten and is just kind of that old thing that the, the series started with. I could be wrong about this, but that's just kind of my cult shot. Uh, whenever there's an Ultraman thing being made in the 2020s, if there was one, uh, I know that 2020, not an ideal year to be making anything. I really <laughs> hope that there's some sort of, uh, callback, uh, in reference to this. Uh, I have a feeling I'll be disappointed though. Uh, also, uh, we will not learn this until we'll learn this many if, years from if now. If it happens, <laughs> and I was sure, I'm not going to say whether it does or not, because, you know, uh, secrets, but also I will say that if it will find out in like five years. <laughs> so that's so many years yeah i i i'm just like i i haven't done the math but it's something yeah all right well episode 20 uh of ultra q is called the undersea humanoid ragon or is it the amphibious Ra- i've it's, i've got my primordial sub- amphibian yeah. ragon uh, I, okay. I just want to fucking say it. they call it a reptile and amphibians and reptiles are not the same thing <laughs> uh well um all, well okay I, my friend pointed out something cursed but we'll we'll talk about it, we'll talk about it. wait do you, okay i'll do this i'll do the summary we'll come back to cursed okay so um japan sinks uh, like that book slash movie slash series. Um, Yuriko is given the job of going to the island of uh, Iwana Jima uh, to report on Dr. Ishii, uh, who has been discredited for his controversial theory that Japan will soon sink due to tectonic shifts. 
Jun thinks this sounds like fun. Uh, so Ipe drops the two off on uh, Iwanajima and sulks about not being useful. Well, yeah, the, the thing um, is, he wants to go too, but Jun's like, ah, oh, go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jun's like, nah, not today. You're good. Uh, Dr. Ishii is investigating undersea volcanic activity and believes the island is due to sink any day now. Uh, they build a model, like the like the prop guys have built a model of the island. So I believe Dr. Ishii, uh, but the local fishing village doesn't pay him any mind. Uh, a couple of fishermen pick up a strange egg-like object from the waters near the volcano and agree to lend it to Dr. Ishii. Issuing an urgent notice, stop touching alien eggs. Stop it. <laughs> uh, Dr. Ishii tells Jun and Yuriko that he thinks this is an egg of an ancient undersea humanoid people called Ragon. Um, late at night, a Ragon comes ashore and kills one of the fishermen that took the egg. Uh, it then begins its midnight search throughout the village. Uh, so there's some stuff here, in here, where... The egg is stolen from Dr. Ishii's house, but it's not by Ragon. It's by one of the other fishermen or something. Something, something like, like that. that. Something like that. Anyway, the Ragon finds its way to Dr. Ishii's home, uh, terrifying his sister Fumiko, uh, who flees into another room and shuts the door behind her. Uh, Ishii notices that a Ragon, which lives very deep in the sea and withstands like a lot of pressure, should have no problem breaking down the door, but it has yet to follow them. Jun finds that the Ragon is entranced by the music on a little, like, portable radio, uh, and it lashes out when the track ends and the presenter starts talking. Honestly, uh, same. <laughs> okay, okay, um, whatever you say, American Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> um, skipping a, a couple of uh, intermediary steps here, a mob arrives and Jun urges them not to engage the Ragon. He has a plan. Tuning the portable radio into something that the Ragon likes, he slowly lures it over to a cliff. And uh, I'm not sure what his plan was from here, but luckily there's an earthquake and the Ragon plummets over the side of the cliff. I I just want to say that the, when I saw this, I was thinking back to when Jun lured the sea slug over the cliff. And then in my mind, yes. I was just like, maybe Ragon is the thing that thrives on salt water. <laughs> See, it does yeah, that, yeah. That, that's the that's the thing is that he because my immediate thought was oh he's gonna try to chuck it over the cliff but this thing has clearly shown it has some degree of intelligence and it's not stupid enough to just jump after the thing it likes to its demise like it, that is clearly not gonna work and then when it doesn't work it just kind of looks back at it like oh fuck uh, oh, it's shit. Great. <laughs> like I have uh, cornered myself on a cliff with a monster and I had one bad idea and it did not work out <laughs> the giant slug stratagem has not worked <laughs> no um, the earthquakes are a sign that the island is about to sink Dr. Ishii urges the villagers to their boats uh, they have to escape the island but at the beach, either another Ragon has appeared, or the same Ragon survived falling into water and just swum round I, to the I shore. I will say, it, it, it was interesting that Ragon is visibly balances on the rocks and then just ends up in the water. Oh, okay. Uh, I assumed it was the same one, to be honest, but I could be wrong. It's not, I assumed it was the it's same It's not one. like we're given much context clues. I, I, I assume it's the same one. Um, for some... the. The 
not the Ultraman wiki says it's a second one, but but you know, wikis are wikis. Um, the okay, where was I? Yes, but at the beach, another Ragon has appeared. The egg begins to hatch, revealing a little Ragon action figure doll. Pause. Uh, yeah. This is where my friend Claire pointed out that this Ragon has titties, and for an amphibian that lays eggs, that's not. That shouldn't. <laughs> This is a good thank you for works. this very the, important information. This is a classic. Oh, wait, did the, did the the other Ragon have him too, or? Uh, oh, God. Mm, <laughs> this could be the this could be the only evidence that we have. <laughs> All right, gang, uh, we're gonna have to look through the footage to see if the first Ragon had reptile tits. Yep. Um. This this is a this is a classic mistake. Uh. People are people always join lizard people with uh with tits for some reason. Um it's always happening. Um The egg yes, Fumiko, the only person with any brains, manages to put two and two together and is like, Oh, we should give the child back <laughs> <laughs> that we stole from the sea. <laughs> We should not have stolen our I understand now. Okay, I see. Uh, so she gives the child back and uh, this touching moment with her and Ragon. Maybe people can understand one another. Um, you could change the future. Yes. Uh, the Ragon leaves with the child and the villagers board their boats. Uh, Jun and Yuriko aren't going to make it to the boats in time. But Ipe picks them up in the helicopter and they thank him for his help. And he's all like, oh, really? Oh, stop it. <laughs> um, they take off and everyone watches from a safe distance as the island crumbles into the sea. The end. Uh, I was really, I, right before this episode closed, I was really expecting there to be a scene where like someone's boat was having issues and then Ragon saved the day. Just to like cement the like, <laughs> oh, we can, you know we can live together in, in harmony and peace and no that ragon gets its kittens just like i'm fucking we're, we're done here <laughs> uh, you know what fair <laughs> i'm, I'm, I'm yeah. fair ragon just showing up like where's my child please please <laughs> child back now uh, i can't believe it took the confrontation for someone to figure out all oh, right this show's about eggs <laughs> it 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 really plays it like oh it took the it it took the the caring heart of a young woman to realize <laughs> yes. that the mother wanted her child back. Gender it, is happening. It was, yeah, um, I will say overall liked this episode, but yeah, that towards the end I was just kind of like oh okay. Yeah, this this episode wasn't like <laughs> yeah, 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 amazing, yeah. but it was you know pretty decent. Sometimes it is the nineteen sixties. Uh, yeah, do? Um, it's bound to happen. The, um, I, uh, Jun just deciding, uh, Ipe's not along for the ride this episode. I, he, he can, he can stay, he can stay in the helicopter. I don't, it's fine. Um, very funny. Uh, I, so I guess the idea of Japan sinking was like a big thing at some point. I guess so. I guess there is an entire I, I novel. I meant to look that up and then I forgot, so I'm happy. <laughs> um, well, the thing, the thing is, I looked it up. The, the issue is, most of the shit I found was about Japan Sinks, which is a book from the 70s. 
Um, so no. that's after this show. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's like a, you know, this was like an idea that was like in the public conscience at the time, but you know, uh, it's popular enough to make it into two things. Um, so there we go. Yeah. Uh, Japan yet to sink is doing okay. Um, yeah. I, I, I think as, as far as places at risk of sinking go, um, I think it's probably okay. I think we have Venice to worry about first and then maybe the Netherlands. Ah, oh, Venice is fucked. Yeah, Ven- Venice just fucked. Uh, goodbye, Venice. <laughs> um, Japan, probably doing okay. Although, you know, living on an island as climate change happens, you know, uh, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, uh, impossible to get very far from the sea in Britain. Yeah. I also, even if it's one of those things too, where even if there wasn't like scientific talk of that going around, even if like, you know, sometimes there's this pop culture version of science that tends mm-hmm. to, you know, float around just to sell books and, and you yeah, know, yeah. TV programs and things like that. Uh, I'm sure that that even is just like a evocative idea for anyone who like lives in an island the nation pop- to, to have to mm-hmm. wrestle with just the the ever-present nature of being surrounded by the ocean. <laughs> mm-hmm. So The pop culture version of science that says that ancient people were like 17 feet tall. Yeah. yeah. They were all, um, and, and they all had, uh, they were all doing like sick uh, Arturius uh, Dark Souls spins. Uh, <laughs> uh, I liked the, the, there was a cool, there was a scene earlier in the episode where like you see Ragon first introduced and it just fucking kills guy in the middle of the night. Uh, yeah, but I also liked how like the next time you see it, it's just like Jun and Yuriko see it in the middle of the forest in the middle of the daylight, and I think it's just kind of like it's a striking scene of yeah. like tension in daylight in contrast to like you know the night. And I was like, oh, it's cool. It's not just like you know dangerous in the night. Mm-hmm. It's also just like in the daytime, it's like a threat. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, we were dying watching this episode. Uh, the scene where the gang. Where, where uh, the monster invades that house and uh, Ragon's chasing them around, and then the main characters come in and they just shut a door and have like a two minute long conversation. <laughs> it's really funny. It's in the other room. It's so. And then Jen's like, I'll, do, I'll go take a peek. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's like a, at some point in this conversation, Doctor Ishii's like, "Hang on, it's been like two fucking minutes. Where is it?" <laughs> That's a thin door. This is not a real house. That's a set. <laughs> but, but like talking about it with like the weight of oh, I forgot my taquitos are done. Hold on. Let me yeah. Like, it's... It, it's kind of funny. He just like Fumiko just like opens the door and it's just right there and it just comes in. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's tense and yeah. silly, but it's just kind of funny. I just like oh man, it's just this went from like zero to one in, in an instant. Yeah. The drunk guy not understanding. He's staring at a uh, fish woman. Also very fun. Yes. We, don't know, we don't know if that one had tits. We gotta check. Well, this is true. This is true. Don't don't misgender the Ragon. True. I'm sorry, Ragon. Uh, the yeah, the door opening the door onto just reptile face filling the screen. Uh, very good. Um, I the his book, Doctor Ishi's book, has just got like basically a photo of one. 
Like it's just like exact. Oh well, that's that's Ragon. That's that's that. It's right there. Um, that's what they look like. Uh, and then one crawls out, like, comes out of the sea, and is like, oh, yep. It just looks exactly it's, like it's in the a, book. Who the fuck drew that? It's amazing that in the society we have like scientists who are deeply in the know who have very detailed photos of these monstrous creatures, and also just like ninety percent of the public's like, that's not real though. Yeah, <laughs> they're 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 all in the same club. Him, Doctor Ishi, and uh, Ichinotani, they know each other. They go drinking. They they compare new uh, fake shit. Um, <laughs> to like show off to uh their gullible like dr ishii's got his sister and ichinotani's got the gang um we haven't and seen just, like... yeah we yeah, yeah ichinotani hasn't been around in a minute he's he he ran out of fake shit so he's got to make up some more yeah so i i i i have a uh, a friend uh who used to uh uh used to just make shit up all the time and it became a running gag that was just like do you just keep like a notebook on you just like full <laughs> of like every fake anecdote you can come up with <laughs> um that's that's what that's what dr ishinotani is doing and he's he's through he's he's run through all of it uh the the gang has been very thorough <laughs> I guess this does end with the, uh, you know, kind of like the Mole Man, you know, the island sinks. We don't know if it reaches the volcanic layer or not, but. Yeah, the the island sinks. I, I have to assume uh, the, the Ragonists are all still down there, just living peacefully. Um, you know, having, having. Why didn't they help out in the following episode? They're busy. What was the following episode? Oh, well. oh yes. <laughs> Why didn't they help with, with out in the, the following episode? Kaiju we got. <laughs> uh, they just don't make any noise. They they just they were just keeping quiet. They're just like shh. That's their yeah. problem. That's yeah, like... they're like you know what? They live so far below that they're like you know that's a surface issue. Yeah, they got. We don't, have, we don't have to worry about that. That's fine. Um, I guess as we're talking about episode twenty one, do we want to move on to episode twenty one? Yeah, I think so. Sure. Good segue. Yeah. Uh, episode 21 is called uh, Space Directive M774. Uh, I just want to point out that that's the episode title in the official subs, but also uh, in the episode itself, the subs say Space Operation <laughs> for some reason. Um, yeah, this is, now, this is now a running theme in the last two episodes is the <laughs> title is slightly different. Um, the gang are out on a cruise, and Yuriko's not doing great at cards. Uh, I, actually, I should just note, vibe check on the gang. We used to feel like it was Yuriko and her two boyfriends. At the moment, I'm feeling like Jun and Ipe are married and Yuriko hasn't noticed. Yeah. That's... Uh, as I can as see you it. put it eloquently mm. before, Bert and Ernie mode. <laughs> they, yes, yes. They, they were going Bert and Ernie mode. Um, anyway. So, Yuriko so, finds a doll. Oh yeah. Oh, I was gonna say sometimes you just have a polycule accidentally. This is true. It just happens. <laughs> You're like, I I need I need a helicopter quick, and you stumble into uh, <laughs> just polycule. Um, Yuriko finds a doll, and it starts speaking. Uh, specifically, it says its name is Zemi. It's from the planet Ruparts, and there's a threat about to arrive on Earth called Bustang. 
Yuriko throws the doll overboard into the sea where she can't get it back to show anyone. Then she tells the boys about it and they laugh at her as though nothing weird has happened in the last 20 episodes. <laughs> um, meanwhile, an alien egg lands in the sea Another and egg. begins to grow. More eggs. This is, this is like, Ultra Q is real, like, egg core. Um, it's that pro ZD skit about getting all the eggs. Yes. Uh, later, mid-flight, Jun and Ipe find that their plane's controls freeze up. Um, Yuriko watches it return safely to the airfield and land, but no one comes out. The cockpit is empty. Jun and Ipe have vanished. Where could they have gone? To the middle of fucking nowhere. Uh, Ipe briefly wonders, you know, worries that they're on a different planet, uh, but they spot an inn, so at least they're on Earth. Uh, at the inn, the jukebox starts playing a record by itself, which tells them the same thing the doll told Yuriko. Zemi has been assigned to protect Earth from the threat of Bostang as part of Order uh, M774. Uh, the voice offers to meet in person and says they will find her, find her at a library. I didn't get the name of the library, but it's a library. Um, the conversation ends, and Jun tries to play the record again, but this time it just plays music. <clears throat> In the middle of the night, a spaceship drops a woman off at the beach. This is Zemi. Uh, meanwhile, under the sea, the egg grows and hatches, and Bostang is revealed to be a giant stingray. Um, the gang meets Zemi at the library, and together they warn the authorities about Bostang, which has already attacked and destroyed ships. Aboard a... is it like a military ship? Yeah, I think it's just a naval vessel. Yeah. Okay. Aboard a naval vessel, uh, the gang hunts Bostang, but when they find it, uh, Zemi tells them that they don't have the firepower to fight, and she advises they cut the engines as Bostang locates its prey by sound. The ship sits idle, uh, waiting for reinforcements, while Bostang struggles to find the ship that was definitely right there, like, a second ago. I'm sure of it. Um... Crisis strikes when a civilian ship comes close and the captain of the gang's ship has to make a choice. Uh, he decides to serve as a decoy, saving the civilian ship. Uh, they go full speed ahead. I want to say if it's his first date, first they, like, tell the other ship to stop, and then they just kind of chill there for a few hours. They do. <laughs> there is a lot. There is, like, an extended, like... Like, so, the kind of thing I'd expect from, like, a submarine war movie of, like... People just like you know because sonar is a thing you have to just keep fucking quiet um of just sitting there in silence uh waiting for something to happen <clears throat> it's pretty cool uh i'm you know uh, i like this episode's vibe um the at the moment when you know uh, they decide well we're going to serve as a decoy for the civilian ship uh they go full speed ahead and engage boss dang with what firepower they have uh during the struggle, reinforcements arrive. JSDF fighters, uh, which destroy Bostang. Uh, crisis averted, Zemi reveals that she will not return to Rupert's, uh, but instead will continue to live on this beautiful planet Earth as reward for her service. Uh, indeed, many like her already live on Earth. She points people out to us. All could be aliens, even the person sitting next to us. Jokes on Zemi... I watch Ultra Q alone. Uh, there's no Same. one next to me. <laughs> well, actually, this time I didn't. Fuck. Who? 
Ah, uh, damn. You don't know. Who's, yeah. who's an alien? The girl reading this. Yeah. <laughs> also, every alien wears the same footwear. Yes, they all wear the same sandals. That's <laughs> really funny. Going, they all, um, you can identify them by the going to the same tacky store. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, uh, the Rupert's fashion very identifiable. Um, yeah, this episode just invents. I, this is this is Ultraman, basically, right? Yeah, that 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 was my takeaway too. Actually, it's funny because that was my takeaway, and also my friends who basically have no Ultraman experience are like, "Oh, isn't this like kind of an Ultraman thing?" And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> like." Uh, I ac- that's what somehow, this is. Um, somehow me, the person who has seen Ultraman, did not register that this is inventing Ultraman. <laughs> uh, it happens. Uh, maybe um, it's because there wasn't a giant guy like in the Kevor episode. Yeah, and also, we, to be we fair, did not get could, big Zemi. this might be a thing that, like, from what I recall, both Red and I, our very first Ultraman thing is Shin Ultraman, which makes a point of, oh, the alien is living among us. So maybe we were just. You know, uh, the, yeah, it 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 might be that we are projecting. <laughs> yes, but uh, that was immediate. I, I'm happy that we had the same reaction. Uh, that being said, I feel like um, tacking that on to the very end of your "Oh, we're being attacked by a giant manta ray" episode was a little. Yeah, like... that was that was something that I felt. I felt that like was kind of like, eh, on this episode. Like I felt like it was fine for the most part, and then the ending, it was like, what are we doing here? What is this? What's the point of this? <laughs> It it felt like they were they wanted to make an episode about a giant cool manta ray, and to be fair, I like the manta ray. I think it's cool. Uh, I think maybe the military stuff goes on a little. Well, not just the military. I don't know. I feel like this episode kind of drags on a little bit for me personally. Um, but I still like it overall. But uh, I was kind of towards the end being like, okay, I'm I'm ready to move on here. Uh, but it felt like they had a, a cool story to tell about this giant ma- manta ray monster and then right at the end we're like oh no we didn't really have anything to really talk about with that uh the alien <laughs> that's helping us out uh maybe there's other aliens around you makes you think and it's like yeah i, I guess yeah i guess yeah, i guess it does make me think american prometheus the um it i i did fi- i did find it funny that um this whole like oh yeah we just peacefully living living among you uh, that then ends with her just like looking straight at the camera as like horror sting hits going. Yeah, yeah. your your family are aliens. Yeah, <laughs> yes. it just felt like what? No, it's totally disillusioned. To- totally really dissonant funny. with everything else. Uh, uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm the defender uh, for this episode. I I even like even when they you know even when uh, they probably spend too much time uh, on the ships. Uh, I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. You just, you just gotta fucking sit there and just fucking wait. And you have no idea if reinforcements are gonna arrive in time to help. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm all about it. Uh, yeah. But yes, it, it is a, uh, some, some slight whiplash yeah. occasionally. Now I will say, I think it is interesting having the setup of like, there is an alien invasion and then there's like another race of aliens that's like, oh, we want to protect humanity. Uh, which I guess I can see how, yeah, this is, does become the foundation of 80% of this franchise, but anyway. <laughs> we, we, we are learning, we are more aliens to add to the, uh, off-screen, 
like interstellar alien war happening. Yes. I mean, I I am gonna say that there is future Ultron stuff that is just on screen alien wars. Yeah, I mean this this is this is there's a there was like a fucking meg like the the mega game people uh there was like a one of the mega games about doing like alien invasion stuff was like one of them was like the the big twist was that uh all the people like involved in the mega game who had signed up were themselves one small piece of a much bigger game being played behind some <laughs> curtains where everyone else was aliens having like a, a an interstellar war and earth was like one little bit in the middle um which is every, every time aliens in this uh are going like oh yeah 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 there's you know uh new new aliens on the scene these ones want to invade these ones want to help these ones uh uh want to warn us about not uh throwing shit into space all the time um that i'm always these want to do a silicon valley thrift <laughs> yeah uh yes. the, i'm always i'm always thinking of a bunch of nerds behind a curtain rolling dice um uh, so yeah um, I will say I did enjoy this one more than the uh, one eighth project and the uh, rainbow's egg. At least I I really enjoy that we just got a couple of fun aquatic monsters this yeah. session. Uh, I, just an, yeah. a nice little change of pace. It's 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 fun to it's fun to blow shit up in water. Um, it is extremely funny how completely blown up. <laughs> Besting on it. Yeah. How does so? How does Bustang blow shit up? How does Bustang work? I don't know, but <laughs> I don't know. But what I do know is that the one time we do see it blow the fuck up out of that uh, ship, it then jumps out of the water and does a flip as if it's flexing. Yeah, oh, I, I just meant that like Bustang shows up, like the, the bomber planes just bomb the shit out of it, and then it just explodes like a piñata. It does. <laughs> it <Yes>. does. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah. The, the one moment where Bustang leaps out of the water and hits a ship, and then the ship explodes, I was like, mm, mm, had, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I believe you. <laughs> I have sure. weird feelings, too, about, well, I don't know if I'd say weird, like, capital W weird, but just kind of like, huh. Um, it's very interesting to me that this episode is about, like, humanity getting this alien protector, uh, to help us out with all of this going on. But then the solution... And she does provide assistance, to be fair, and guidance. But then the solution comes from, like, the military-industrial complex. Uh, to, to wrap it up at the end there. Which it's like... Oh, see, humanity humanity was able to uh, handle the issue itself. But then also, you get into... Oh god, the military. Um, see, see, the thing is, that's uh, funny, is like... The alien is like, oh, we've got to warn you about the kaiju. And then the military does something about it. It's like... We have seen episodes in the show where a kaiju just appears and the military deals with it. So it's like you know, if they would have, they would have probably done, they would have probably done something without the alien company. Uh, it is, it is funny how often um the kaiju is able you you're able to just kill it. Uh, I was not necessarily. I was expecting like so, somehow the Pegula Moss stuff is almost like the comical extreme on the other end yes. where it's like <laughs> one guy what? with ambition and a dream uh, <laughs> to do the right thing. Uh, I, somehow I feel like most 
Toho kaiju movies do not resolve with a military blowing shit up. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's the... Ro- Ro- Rodan's kind of in between. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I, I have a weird relationship with, like, this specific method of, of dealing with it and the... Uh, like, Rodan is actually one that I think is a good one to bring up because I think about that a lot, where the military attack basically half solves the problem at the end, but then the monster's own heart and love for its, you know, its partner is what actually mm-hmm. seals the deal. And it's like, yeah, th- there's enough interesting other stuff going on there that it's not just, oh, and then we bring out the big guns and kill the thing uh, that I can latch on to. Um, and I feel kind of the same way with this episode where I think what it's it's trying to say is like, see... We we had it within us to to deal with this. We just needed a little bit of like a poke in the right direction. But then also it's like, how much of this is just being like, oh, the air force is really fucking cool. Or uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess JSDF. But you know, uh, yeah, uh, you know, anything involving the military in movies and shows like this, we're gonna run into yeah. this, right? So, especially when dealing with alien invaders. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, so. I think we were worried that like. Ultra Q is like a really diverse show and that maybe Ultraman would be Sammy having like the giant silver man doing his laser stuff. But also, you know, if I think about it, if like half of Ultra Q is like the military blowing shit up anyway, then maybe it's okay if the giant silver guy does it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if the ratio uh, is about the same, then, you know. Oh, man. I, I, more and more, I, I can't wait to watch the giant silver man uh, blow stuff up by making a crucifix with his arms. Uh, yeah, yeah. we got three weeks. <laughs> yeah, seven episodes remain. It felt so yeah. weird, like finishing this week's episode and then being like, "Well, I guess I can put away disc three of four into the box now." <laughs> seven episodes remain. Like Catholicism is the moon. <laughs> <laughs> is the fucking moon crashing into? <laughs> Inventory's mask. That that moon already crashed into me the the minute I was uh, born into my family. But you know it's okay. I escaped that moon crash in in later years. Well, I'm returning. The second moon is crashing into me. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing with this metaphor. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. What if what if Ultraman makes me a born again Catholic? Uh, We have to end the show. I would be. Sorry, uh, I, my mind has opened to a possibility that cannot. We we have to stop. Um, <laughs> and, and for our uh, 100 episode special, we're inviting the Pope on. <laughs> well, Red, you actually, you Red, I know for a fact you know this about me. Uh, I did one time convert when I was yes. very young, converted an ex's family from Mormonism to Catholicism. Uh, I have since feared your power. Yeah, you were 10. Um, no, no, no. I was I was in high school okay. and I was uh I I was dating a Mormon girl and uh she and the rest of her family were kinda like, Yeah, a lot of this is fucked up and then me, uh unfortunately was not at the stage of my life where I was like, Oh, there's a lot about this whole uh Catholicism thing that's really fucked up and I don't like and I, I left when I was eighteen. Uh, a little bit too young for that, but I ended up convincing her family to uh convert to Catholicism. Um Tsubaraya smiling from heaven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, her, 
this is completely unrelated, but uh, her aunt um, thought I was literally an agent of the devil. Oh my um, fucking god. <laughs> and uh, I'm on, like, fairly good terms with that ex, and every now and again I'm like, does your aunt still bring me up and hate me? And she's like, all the time. Oh my god. Uh, so, I've left my mark. But, uh... <laughs> my life is nowhere near this exciting, what the fuck? <laughs> I have a lot of dumb stories. Uh, yeah... <laughs> Every every now and then, new Razen lore comes up. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I <laughs> there's a lot of okay. There's a lot of things that have happened in my life, uh, and I've I do not keep track of who I've told everything to. So sometimes I'll just have conversations with people, and then I'll need to remind myself, oh yeah, I didn't tell you about this part of. My I feel life. like we're gonna get the entire life story and through the run of this podcast at some point. Probably, yeah. I will have. There's a not insignificant amount of weird shit that happened to me in uh, growing up in a Catholic church community that I am sure we, that we will touch on in the seasons to come. <laughs> uh, uh, bad I, ideology. I can't, wait. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't wait. I can't wait for the story um, about all of you uh, gathered around on set up on weird on crucifixes projecting beams into someone <laughs> like in that one image that i know from ultra 7 that is still the only thing i know about ultra 7 is that image i don't even know i, I just have to i just have i just have to assume that's what catholicism i don't is even like. know if it's an ultra 7 or a different ultraman thing to be honest <laughs> if it's not ultra 7 that'll be so funny it i mean there's like really seven funny. guys though <laughs> so here's the thing i don't know anything about ultra 7 i'm assuming it's called ultra 7 because there's seven of them which which we we're not gonna break we're not gonna make Mel do break not confirm here. this for me. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, the the silence but, but there like, was so heavy. I, the, 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 the let I I get enjoyment out of not telling you things. I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay, because well, that's the thing is you make a show about a big silver man and it's popular, and then the next logical sequel conclusion you come up with for the premise is what if there are fucking seven? Yeah, of just them? like how Macross Seven has seven Macrosses in it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. In Final Fantasy VII, there's seven clouds. Uh, there's um, sure like every, seven every fucking fi- Sephirothes <laughs> of the expanding universe. I'll tell you that. Oh my god! Every every Final Fantasy, they add and they make the party one bigger. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. Uh, how, unfortunately, this means that Final Fantasy One, you have one. How, how do they like fit it's... all fifteen guys in that in that in that rower chip? <laughs> in their car. Oh. <laughs> Final Fa- okay, as the Final Fantasy 15 hater, uh, that game would be so much better if it was about 15 dudes on a bus. Oh my god. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah, but now you have to drive a bus around. I Oh, I'm here for this. Okay. Just be like you're a truck simulator. Yeah, truck, <laughs> truck simulator with random. So battles. that's the thing is I ha- I felt no pleasure driving that stupid fucking car around. If it was like a bus that was kind of a pain in the ass and like you couldn't turn right and you were constantly crashing into shit, I'd have a I good time. I think we need more JRPGs where you're just playing in a bus and then you get into random encounters. Yeah, I it's... should play Racing Lagoon, which isn't about a bus, but you know. Oh, that soundtrack is such a fucking banger. I think we're. I think we've hit the point where we need to end the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'll. Yeah. Uh, listen. Uh, if you want to follow the show, uh, you may do so at ultra underscore q on Twitter. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at gender underscore redacted. Uh, who wants to go next? I can go. Wait, kind of gone fell over. Hold on, kind of gone fell over. Okay, kind of gone. Uh, I did. Um.
he didn't become a rocket and sky or go up into the sky but you Thank know God. i'll save him one day uh yeah i'm at rosinbrand on twitter and rosinbrand on youtube uh been kind of slow on the youtube thing uh now that my voice is mostly back to normal i think i'm gonna go back around and wrap up that elden ring let's play uh and also i'm working on secret things but i cannot reveal them until they hatch as you know is appropriate for this podcast mm-hmm. uh, but people that like ultra q and this show i think will uh, be in for a good time when i'm ready to reveal whatever that is might be a little bit yet but there's something coming <laughs> just like just like no ultra Man himself yes uh mal do you have anything? yeah uh my schrodinger's twitter account is at dear crowns uh i also have i guess a twitch the cosmic underscore crown uh we have a email for the podcast the address i mean uh i actually didn't check we got an email that's fine uh it's a ultra pod at gmail.com uh you know if you ever want to give feedback or ask a question that'd be the place to do it uh the end of the season is approaching uh rather quickly i'd say uh so you know mm-hmm. uh if you ever did want Wait a minute, I think we actually got an email. <laughs> we oh, actually shit. got one out. Do, do I say it now or do I save it for later? I actually don't know. Let's 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 say let's save it for the finale, maybe. Or mm, mm, you know what? Uh let's let's read it now. If we don't if we don't answer it now, we'll leave it. <laughs> I'll I'll cut this out. Uh I mean I, mean, I guess we, we're gonna get our first email now and then we can see about Okay, uh, mm-hmm. so from a guy named Thomas. Uh, hello, Unbalanced Zone Denizens. Uh, as some, someone with no Toku or Kaiju experience, I'm greatly enjoying the podcast. Love the episode recap and impressions, of course. But also enjoying the pre-recap or replay discussions. Okay, so good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> figured to ask a relevant question as well. What real-world conspiracies, like cryptids and aliens, would make for the best alt episode subject, and how would it be adapted to fit into the show's vibe and format? Hope this question will be fun. Thanks for making a fun podcast. Uh, P.S. Probably put the podcast email on the Twitter. I should probably do that. Uh, this is <laughs> funny because I actually am looking at my own email right now, and I think the same person sent me a DM on Twitter to uh, nice. point this out. <laughs> um, I I would just like to say, uh, I think... Uh, if Ultra Q had some extra bonus money to spend, uh, they should spend some money uh, to go to somewhere where there is enough uh, sand for them to make a really racist episode about pyramids. Why would you do this? <laughs> Why would you say that? Um, I just, I just think they're missing one. I just think they're missing uh, an aspect of the sixties. Just like, I, yeah, I, I, I think we, we just need some extra juice to dig into so like like some ancient juice. alien yeah bullshit yeah some real bullshit yeah classic stuff of course a british person would say this <laughs> yeah that's my that's, yeah that's my role uh, i do right. i do not actually think that should happen but it is it is was my first thought in terms of conspiracy theories that i would expect to show up uh, I think it'd be fun if they did one about the, uh, um, do you know, do either of you know what the Fresno Nightcrawlers no. are? I have okay. never heard of I'm the gonna... Fresno Nightcrawlers. <laughs> uh, 
They're a cryptid that just look like a pair of pants. Uh, hold on, let me let me send you a so, gift. So, so here's the thing about Britain, is I don't think we really have cryptids. I don't think that's a thing here. See, see the problem is, I feel like all of the cool uh, cryptid or folklore creatures are all over in Ireland. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Uh, here is... Here is a gif of the Fresno Nightcrawlers. <laughs> this, this is real stupid looking. <laughs> it's really dumb. Uh, but I think it'd be funny. So I'm going to pick I, these. Uh, what would I What would I pick? Uh, I, I can't think. Uh, What's a... Mm. Does Canada have conspiracy theories? Uh, I mean, I think uh, most of them are like uh, Trudeau is a communist trying to <laughs> rot our brains or something. <laughs> but I don't want Ultra Q to cover that. I would yeah. love an Ultra Q episode about I don't, how Trudeau I... is a communist trying to rot, rot our brains. Somehow we get one email and become the most cursed podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess we have the Sasquatch here. Sas- Sasquatch is a classic. I think that's an episode of the podcast. We did it. We did it. Um, we did not go for two hours this time. Um, but I think you know, I think that was a good episode. Uh, yeah. Join us next time for three more episodes of Ultra Q. Our penultimate Ultra Q episode. Yeah. So we've got episode 22, 23, and 24 coming up. Join us for that uh, next week. I'll see you there. Yeah, so yeah, I liked all three of these. I hope I like the uh, final seven. Yeah, as we hell yeah. At the end here. Uh, separation, body, mind, etc.